It's the right time for Western Oklahoma. Waking up uh, this morning to 32 degrees. Feels like about 26. Winds out the northeast at 7 miles per hour. And uh, Les, who's our guest today? <clears throat> our guest is our state senator for this area, and uh, Darcy Yeck. And, and I, I very astute. He knows that I'm a peanut farmer. He brought us a package of peanuts here. Uh, Lasley uh, Peanut Farm. Uh, the, the Spanish peanuts this year are amazing. Uh, you can get some over at uh, Hydro, that little grocery store. What is it? Main, uh, the the market over there at the grocery store, a big old tub of peanuts, about $18, and they are good. I would recommend them. So you grow peanuts. I grow yeah. peanuts. I grow Spanish peanuts and uh, uh, is, is the variety I had this year. And uh, uh, we had a good, good growing season for peanuts. They didn't yield quite what we were hoping they would, but... Uh, had a nice that uh, we planted in uh, late April, early May, harvest there in uh, September, October. Had a good uh, open fall to get them harvested. The fact is it was kind of hot and windy, and uh, a lot of our peanuts, they have to be under 8% moisture to go to storage, and our peanuts uh, dried in the field, uh, uh, some of them on the vine, before we could get them picked up, which is kind of unusual. Normally we put them in these air trailers and blow air through them, but... Uh, uh, we didn't need to this this fall. The western Oklahoma wind and, took uh, care and the of sunshine took yeah. care of it for us. You know, though that you were talking about innovative things. You know, that was a big innovation. I can remember when that happened down around Eakley. They used to, you know, put the the the, the, the peanuts out in bags, let them dry in the field, and those the wind uh, trailers came out also somewhere in the eighties. Oh yeah, and they the, just all of a sudden popped up all over the place. Yeah, no, nobody country. bags peanuts anymore. The old gunny sacks, yes, and they'd have on, in the field sacks yeah. of peanuts, and then you would have to physically go out there every every so many days and flip those sacks over. I mean, they would be standing there against each other, and then you'd have to flip them so the air could get to the other side. So it was a very labor intensive deal. It's it's a, a whole lot better now, <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, Darcy X, Senator for for our area. Good morning again. Welcome to the program. Hey, good morning, guys. Appreciate the invitation as always. Good to be here. Thanks so, for the peanuts. Yeah, yeah we more appreciate than that. We will eat those with, uh, I promise, with uh, joy. We started buying those a few years ago when we get them backed up. I think those are half-pound bags and are pretty popular at the Capitol. We pass out over 100 bags of those around the staff and my colleagues. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of become a thing. Well, I like to tell my friends I work for peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> I think most of the legislators do too. If you, you know, it's all that side money that makes a difference. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> that you get. You know, it's interesting because I every once in a while I talk to somebody about, you know, graft and corruption going on, and, and I just never saw that at the Capitol. In my twelve years, I never was offered any kind of money for anything to vote on any way in any way. And I, not, I never saw that with any of my colleagues. Now, that just, that's an honest uh, just uh, antidote of what's going on at the Capitol. You, you find that as well? No, I've not seen one bit of that, uh, not one bit of that. So uh, it's interesting. I'll, I'll need tickets for a football game or a basketball game, and, and people say, you get those? And I said, well, yeah, I get them, but I pay for them, just like you do. Whatever that face value is, that's exactly what I what it costs me, just like it does anybody else. And that there was right a time they pocket. did give those tickets to legislators. I know that because I had friends, that, but they decided that they didn't want to do that or couldn't do it anymore. Right. Well, I can see there's room for abuse with something like that, So, but no. So there's uh, money in the coffers. How much money does the state have stacked up right now? Um, 
going into this because the year was over. The the projections were uh, under what was actually taken in last year. How much is in savings? Yeah, that's it's it kind of depends on what you qualify as savings. But we've got healthy savings accounts, and that's a good position to be in for sure. We've not always been there. I know you were up there before Harold when that wasn't the case, and uh, we we had some tough votes there. I think it was back in 2018 after the teacher strike where. We had to come in and raise taxes on certain things, and I guarantee you there's not any of us that campaigned on raising taxes. So, unfortunately, we've got some savings in place now, and uh, that's a good that's a good thing. I'm now you very did do, did you that. get your bill passed? And I, I thought this was a great bill uh, because uh, when you trade cars, you, you used to have to pay the new price uh, for for the taxes. Yeah, we got that through last year. The governor signed that, so that was about. I mean, it was, wasn't a big deal. That's the saving. That's the uh, the uh, sales tax part of a car when you buy that part of that. Um, transaction so yeah we got that off uh, overall that was about 18 million dollars in savings we're going to run another bill this year where it would totally eliminate the sales tax on vehicles so that's going to be a little bit tougher sell that's about 170 million dollars but uh, my argument would be that you know if you put that money back in people's pockets they'll buy more cars so uh, if i can save two thousand dollars on a new car than on, on just the sales tax and that's a good thing so, so how does the the deal work with trading in a car now yeah as it is now let's say for example you buy a new car and the cost of that car or pickup is fifty thousand dollars if you've got a trade allowance of twenty thousand dollars then as it is now or previous to this bill you would pay sales tax on that full fifty thousand dollars regardless of whether or not there was a trade in or not but now you just pay that sales tax on the difference you pay it on in that case thirty thousand dollars so that's the it depends on the values, but that's a significant savings for folks, and I'm it glad to do big. it. That, that's, yeah. and, and, and that that was really kind of an unfair tax because you've already paid sales tax on that vehicle to start with. Then it's depreciated. So if you lost the depreciation, you pay sales tax on it. You trade it in, and the way it was, you had to pay the sales tax on the the full amount of the of the new car. Or yeah, it wasn't fair before. It was cars. double taxation on that car that you've owned it really before. Was. It really was. Well, thanks for doing that. Yeah, yeah I think it was a that good was thing. That was a big help. So do you see a tax cut in I mean the 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 house proposed some last year and and they got them passed out of the house but the senate really didn't take them up. Well uh, is, is there that- are different versions of tax cuts the one that we just talked about that's a tax cut for sure. If you're talking about an income tax cut or a corporate income tax cut then uh, there are different versions of that. I know the uh, governor's rolled out some proposals. Uh, Speaker McCall has rolled out some proposals, and supposedly he's already filed some bills. So, uh, yeah, there'll be different versions of that that we'll look at, whether it just, I know, during my time, we've cut it from uh, five and a quarter. Now the, the it's 4.75 is a personal income tax rate. So there'll be some versions of that that we'll see. Uh, I'd like to remind people that every quarter percent, every quarter percent of personal income tax that's cut is about $300 million in revenue. So uh, what's the plan if we do that? If we if we lose that revenue, then where are we going to? Are we going to make that up? Are we going to cut services? So, how do we offset that? I think, for the most part, people would like to see a tax cut, but I think they want to see it in a responsible way. How are we going to pay for that? Or are we going to? We going to lose services through that process? Well, you've got to look at the future too. I mean, uh, right now the economy is pretty decent in Oklahoma. And production tax, gross production tax, a big element in that, uh, and that's down. And we we'll see that. I mean, that's a roller coaster. We've seen that. We're such a commodity-based economy in Oklahoma, so we'll see that change, and we'll see tough times again. So when that happens, hopefully we'll have savings in place where we can allow to still provide the services that we need. So a listener just ta- sent us a text that said that taxes have decreased in Oklahoma uh, uh, kind of systematically. And, you know, that's the, the, the income tax in particular. It was 
five and a half at one time, I think. At the well, I most. think it was a seven at one point. Seven. I, I think we've cut it down to 4.75. So yeah, it's cut significantly over the years, and uh, I think we've done it in a gradual process. So that's a good thing. I've, I've seen studies where if you just look at the overall tax burden of Oklahomans, we're really not that bad when you figure in income tax, uh, sales tax, uh, uh, property tax, those sorts of things. We're really um, one of the better states when it comes to an overall look. Uh, there are states that don't have any income tax. Well, they've still got infrastructure and, and services to pay for, so they've got to make that up somewhere, whether it's property taxes or other versions. But they've all got those same costs, those same infrastructure costs to pay for in one way or another. So when I look at it, you know, you look at the, the United States, Oklahoma's, you know, uh, per capita tax is is really very competitive. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think we're in, in the top ten is what I've seen when it comes to that. So we're not in that bad of shape. I mean, Texas, everybody touts Texas moving to Texas, but they're not. They're right, we're right about the same. I mean, and property taxes, they're out, uh, outlandish. Yeah, I think I've shared this before. I've got a son that moved to Texas about a year and a half ago, and uh, <laughs> he was closing on the house, and he said, Dad, do you have any idea what property taxes are like in Texas? And I said, well, tell me about it, and he did. And I said, well, You'll pay that, but look at your when you get your paycheck next time. You'll notice there's no state income tax, so that's not going to offset what you're paying in exorbitant property taxes. But uh, there's a little bit of difference there for sure. So the, the the speaker's proposed no tax for corporate. That's one of his proposals. I heard this week. But people may not realize that does not include uh, you know like a sub S corp or uh, those types of corporations. It just includes a corporate tax. The way C corp right would be the only. Uh, the only uh, corporation that would get a break on that, the way I understand it, is that kind of the way you're looking? Well, I haven't seen I haven't seen that language, so I know we reduced that a couple of years ago, both personal and corporate. So I haven't seen the fiscal impact on what he's proposing this year. So I'll be interested to look. Do at you that. think that makes a difference less a corporate a, a cut in corporate taxes in the state? Well, yeah, I, I don't know what the corporate tax rate is or, or anything like that. I you know I I kind of like it where everyone's paying a fair share uh, and. Uh, I don't know that we bring we're going to bring these major corporations in here just because we don't have a state income tax. But I don't know what the corporate tax rate is. I think the 4.75 state income tax on on individuals is uh, is a very low burden. I I, I don't think I, I would not trade my 4.75 state income tax for the Avalon property taxes that Texas has. Because everybody touts Texas. Oh, we need to be like Texas. No, not on the tax side of it because they pay huge property taxes in in Texas. And if you don't believe it, ask, like you said, a friend or somebody that lives in Texas, let me see your property tax bill. Would you share that with me? And and it's amazing uh, what all they're doing with property taxes in Texas because it's very, very expensive. And and 4.75... is a negligible amount in the big scheme of things. It it it, uh, it really is overall, and it scares me. Uh, you know, because so much of our state revenue is off of oil and gas activity, and you drive around Western Oklahoma right now, and the oil field is is really struggling. There's you don't see drilling rigs going and 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 trucks going up and down the road for a big part of the state. It, it's uh, uh, the the oil companies aren't out there drilling like crazy like what they were, you know. So Trump's uh, saying that if he gets elected, we're going to drill, drill, drill in the United States. You think that's going to happen? 
Well, I, I don't know about that. I, I think co- corporations are showing uh, the, the oil companies like Devon Energy in Oklahoma City. They're showing some real corporate uh, uh, um, uh, fiscal responsibility. They're not just going crazy drilling. They're, they're drilling as the market needs oil and, and as they need supply. And, and certainly it's, it's a relief to me as a consumer or as a farmer uh, to be paying two dollars and 75 cents for for gas or diesel versus you know four dollars uh so i don't you know i i just see that the 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 oil and gas industry is is uh is it's been very cyclical in our lifetimes and and, and will probably continue to be but right now it's kind of on the on the low low swing right now but you know elk city is kind of a middle of a lot of that and their their economy is doing okay out of the elk despite uh, the reduction of some of the oil i know the oil and gas out there is, is down considerably yeah it's down in all across my district in, in western oklahoma and also across the state so uh, and those big companies they have a plan i mean just right. when oil jumps up they're not going to be reactionary and jump out and start drilling all of a sudden they have a long-term plan so uh, and they've they've made it work to this point. So it sounds like to me maybe that even in considering some of this, there may be some effort, at least on the part of the House and Senate, and the governor to get some sort of tax plan, uh, you know, worked out for this this session. Do you think? Well, I think so. Uh, we can talk about grocery tax. I think uh, there's some momentum to do something with grocery tax when it comes to the state portion of that. So we've seen versions of that before. I could. I could argue that both ways, but generally I'm support of eliminating the state part of the grocery tax. I think that would benefit the people that uh, benefit everybody, but it would benefit those people that need it the most. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, Senator Darcy Yeck, our guest on the program this morning, Les Crawl as well. So stay tuned. You're listening to the right time for Western Oklahoma. If you're looking for specialized nursing care for a loved one, or if you're looking for an exceptional place to work, you will be pleased with Maple Lawn Manor's approach to care, compassion, and dedication. They offer physical, occupational, and speech therapy, as well as an open menu from their dietary department. Stop by and join us for a tour of our facility at 800 Arapahoe Street in Hydro. We have the highest facility ratings for care in the area, according to government sources. Maple Lawn Manor in Hydro. We celebrate life. Honest, hardworking company installing reliable center pivots. Waterworks Irrigation takes the killer water electricity mix out of irrigation, offering simple pivots, easy to understand and maintain with constant smooth movement to eliminate gearbox damage due to constant start-stop cycles. With TNL, there's no need for an electrician on staff. Just a few simple wrenches and an unlimited free phone support will keep you up and running on your schedule. Find them on Facebook. Waterworks Irrigation, making rain reliable. Hello, this is Briley Baca with Advanced Financial Strategies in Clinton. Did you know you can legally keep more of your hard-earned retirement savings and disinherit the government? Now is the time to take control of your family's financial future. If you've saved the traditional way, did you know that you're in business with the IRS? A lot of people don't realize after working their entire career that all the money in their 401k or IRA is not theirs. Depending on your tax situation, a lot of that money is actually Uncle Sam's. Unfortunately, this is the reality for the majority of retirees, all because they didn't know the rules. This is your retirement we're talking about, so live by your rules. If you're tired of being in business with the government and want to legally disinherit Uncle Sam from your retirement, give me a call, Briley Baca, at 323-6800 or visit our website, retirewithbacca.com. 
Brian Baca and Briley Baca are investment advisor representatives of an advisory services offered through Royal Fund Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Where do you shop for women's clothing and shoes, jewelry and accessories, home decor, gifts for anyone and everyone, men's clothing, kids' clothing and toys? I'll tell you where I go. It's all about moi in downtown Weatherford. They have all of these things and so much more. They even offer gift certificates and free gift wrapping all year long. With so many options under one roof, there's no need to shop anywhere else. When you get ready to shop, let your first and only stop be It's All About Moi in downtown Weatherford, where it's all about you. 28 minutes after 7 o'clock, and you are listening to the right time for West Oklahoma. Brought to you by Priority Home Medical Equipment. If you need any type of medical equipment, less, you know, you head over to Priority Home Medical Equipment. Uh, my wife had a, a CPAP machine diagnosed for her several years ago to help her breathe at night. It's really a critical issue because uh, sudden death uh, from and not getting good night's sleep, even if you you know if you're not breathing well, it can cause problems. Anyway, she she started out with a company out of Oklahoma City, and they just did not take care of her. And so I said, well, you need to have your doctor uh, call Priority and switch priority and she did and she's gotten really good service there well luckily i don't need any medical equipment right now but at one point in my life i was in a wheelchair for a while yeah you went through a real tough time after that accident but you've survived you're a survivor yeah i'm very blessed very blessed so uh ryan walker in the news again this week uh last week a subpoena was filed against walker by the oklahoma house of representatives asking for information he says he's not cooperating or Mark McBride, uh, House member there, head of the Education uh, Committee, Subcommittee for Appropriations, I think. But anyway. Superintendent Walters has been in that position for a little over a year now, so has there been a week that he's not been in the news <laughs> since he's been there? I'm not sure there has. Some of that's been, I might argue most of it's been self-inflicted. Um, don't know Representative McBride that well. I do work with uh, Representative Baker a lot. She's the chairman of the Education Committee, on the, and I think a lot of Rhonda. She does a great job. So I think she was also one of the ones that brought about that um, legal action last week. So, uh, and you know, she's a former teacher, but I right. found her to be very open-minded coming in and working with her when I I first got when she first got elected. I helped her with her campaign, and they're frustrated. Uh, do you do you see that same frustration in the Senate? Uh, is he is he? Uh, what's the problem? Yeah, I don't know what the problem is. I think a lot of it's political. Um, he'll throw out a lot about his words, but you know, I was with the Capitol one day last week early. And uh, was getting on the elevator, and there was a Channel 5 news crew there. And I said, what are you doing here? And he said, well, uh, something about uh, Superintendent Walter. So I know anytime he's got anything going on, Superintendent's got anything going on, there's going to be cameras rolling. So they know something is probably going to come from that. But, uh, you know, I've had I've had some uh, one-on-one meetings with the superintendent, and I've found him to be a good listener, believe it or not. he's He's been responsive to me. Um, I've invited individual superintendents as they reach out to me with complaints on uh, anything that's coming out of SDE. I said, well, let's just set up a meeting. And uh, some of those superintendents have taken me up on it. And uh, and, and I think they've been productive. Um, I, is know, he willing to meet? Yeah, he, he is. He's been very open to me. In fact, he's uh, uh, the first meeting I had with him shortly after he was elected, he said, you know, I, I'm happy to come out in your district. I want to meet with any of those superintendents. So. I've offered that. Sometimes those are met with mixed uh, <laughs> mixed feelings from the superintendents out here. But uh, that that line of communication needs needs to be open. Uh, I want those superintendents. I mean, if they're going to have complaints and and want answers, then if 
if they're willing, the super, superintendent's willing, and there's nothing better than a across-the-table, one-on-one conversation and just let the superintendent hear those uh, boots-on-the-ground, front-line complaints on, on what's going on. We had some a lot of the issues that I was hearing about was just the federal funds that were applied for from schools, and we saw this in the news a couple of weeks ago. Those federal funds just weren't getting dispersed to these schools, and those are those are very important. They were, those are for a lot of the Title I schools who need those funds, those funds are being held up, and uh, it didn't, didn't seem like there was any justification for them not being dispersed uh, by the State Department of Education. So uh, I think there was enough pressure put on that finally a lot of those now have been have been dispersed. So I don't know why that we need to go through that process all the time uh, with the superintendent, but it seems to happen on a regular basis. So, so he, he, uh, he, he was controversial coming in. A lot of people didn't think he would you know, win the primary, and he won the primary, came back, and, and, you know, the Democrat was strongly supported by the by the teachers' union and pretty much the education uh, segment of, of population. Uh, but he, he won overwhelmingly. Uh, well, to be frank, uh, with, with Oklahoma as it is, we're a red state and we're strongly Republican. If you're a Republican on the ticket, you're probably going to win. And, and and he said a lot of the right things, and he was a Republican. And again, I think he's a ca- I think he's a capable person. I think I don't know who's advising him on a lot of issues, and I don't know what his political aspirations are. If he sees himself running for governor in a few years, so I don't know what he's trying to get himself in position before. But hey, when when he and I had our one on one conversations, I told him I said I want to do what I can to help you succeed. Now our our definitions of success may be different. I would like to see that in in test scores and remediation rates and those sorts of things and and just taking care of day-to-day business with schools. Uh, so I mean as far as anything that might be going on in our libraries or or bathroom issues, I, I think those are uh, probably remote. I'm not going to say there aren't isolated occurrences, but I don't think I think we spend way much time on those issues than just the day-to-day issues that really are going to impact kids in a positive way. The, the key there, and we talked about this with Tyler Bridges yesterday, is governing. You know, you get elected to position, and, you know, you can say all these things, but then when you get the position, particularly the State Department of Education, and you're the superintendent, you've got to come in and govern to some extent. And that, that can be a problem if you're not going to, you know, do that. Now, do you feel that he's governing properly uh, as a state soup or not? Well, <laughs> I worked with Superintendent Hoffmeister, and I know you did too. And you've worked with previous uh, Janet Barisi. I never worked with her, but she, I know she was controversial. But she I think, was. I think she took care of day-to-day business. And I think I talked about these federal funds and getting those grants done. I think the department has functioned as far as that goes for the last several administrations from the from the from the school department. So I don't I I don't know. I mean, we can do better, but it just seems like every issue seems to be a problem. It seems to be hard to get information. Hard to get funds distributed, so uh, I know that's the frustration Mark McBride frustrating. has right now. It's get, just getting the information and helping. I mean, so anyway, it's the the, the saga continues, Les. Well, I, you know, anecdotally, what I see is on the news. Never met with him personally, but he it, it, there's a lot of rhetoric, a lot of political rhetoric uh, on it. I want someone from the State Department of Education who wants to help educate our children to work with the school systems to 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 and i've yet to hear him say anything that's about how we can help our local school districts and 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 that's my biggest complaint with him because that's that's what i want to see i i don't want to hear the political rhetoric about all this 
ancillary stuff. I, I want to know how can we make our schools better? How can we educate our children better? And I got to tell you, coming out of COVID, we are not doing as good a job. And, you know, we fought this battle over the years to try to upgrade the level of, of uh, competency and teaching and as well as the, the students. But uh, I think uh, we're going to have to move ahead, but it's a good discussion. We're going to go to the newsroom. I know that uh, John Adams is there ready. Good, Good morning. morning. Good morning, John. Absolutely. Um, I will say, if I can put in my two cents here, I will say this. Most of the things that I hear about Superintendent Walters, he's complaining about Oklahoma and Tulsa Public, Oklahoma City and Tulsa Public. I haven't heard a peep about him about rural school districts. So I, I don't know. I just... I, I would I I think uh, Mr. Crawl just a second ago you put it about as eloquently as I could have. We want we need a state superintendent of schools that is willing to move education forward in the state. And I think that's what all of us want. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely. I'm not sure that, but and how you go about doing that is the question. And yeah, and you know, he's talked a lot about more parent involvement. But I can tell you, some of the poor students, the parents aren't there. I mean. That's unfortunate, but but there's not a lot you can do about that. Maybe a single parent family, or no parents. Mm-hmm. Maybe an aunt and uncle taking care of a kid. I well, mean, and there's there's, there's nobody that impacts a kid one on one than that classroom teacher to have a quality Absolutely. teacher in front of those kids, and administrators and superintendents. Those I know superintendents get very frustrated with what's coming out of the SDE, but they can have a lot more impact than those kids than this superintendent can. I know I know he's he's over their organization, and I get that. It's hard for them to support. Um, this man as he's acting now we all know teachers uh, that have helped us along the way absolutely i can absolutely i'm sure each of us around this table can tune in every weekday at 6 a.m for the right time with harold wright brought to you by priority home medical equipment on 99.3 news talk kcli